Rabbi Say, good morning. A good Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Boi, Tavshin Pei Beis. And um, we're holding in the month of Shvat, getting closer to the Yantif of Tuba Shvat. And we hope and we pray during these, what we would say as the pan epidemic continues. And as we know, the variant is flying around the world. And all of us are going through different uh, ups and downs. Some of us are getting ill. Some of us are hopefully staying safe and sound. But we know that the month of Shvat, the Remez is, the Oisi of Shvat is Shiyahei Besurus Tevis, that there should be good Besurus. And that's what we hope and we pray, that in the midst of the difficulties and the different variants that are going around the world, and I myself was a little bit under the weather. The Rebetzin herself had the flu this week, not covid I myself must have picked it up from the Rebetzin, a little bit shorter version. So we've been a little bit under the weather, but we know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. That's a very interesting uh, thought I had is that, as you might very well have heard the news, that because the variant has really uh, affected a large part of the population here in Israel, so now for the first time, they're allowing tourists to come back to Israel and uh, I know for many of you, that's a great, great thing to hear. So we see, again, in the midst of the Cheshach, in the midst of the darkness, like a Dispix Parsha, that uh, on one hand, by Paro, there was Cheshach, on the other hand, for the Jewish people, there was light. So we have to look at the light at the end of the tunnel. We always have to look at the positive aspect and to see that Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarach, uh, we should be able to get through this epidemic. People should be healthy. Again, I am a, a one that believes to follow in the advice of the Gedolim who tell us to, fo- to follow the advice of the doctors. Take the vaccine. And uh, we've even taken the second booster. I've taken the second booster uh, just this week and hopefully um, urge everyone to follow what the doctors and what the Rabbanim say in order to stay safe and sound, and at the same time, that betachan in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, that everyone should be well. This parsha is really filled with so much information. Uh, the last three of the makas, the, um, as is marumas and the, the words bo, bo is, as the Balaturim says, it's three, the last three makas, the... Um, the Barah, the Choshech, and the Makas, the, the, the Arba, the Choshech, and the Makas Bechairus, and um, the, uh, and then it goes on to continue to speak about the beginning of the Gula, Chatzos Laila, Klai Yisrael is leaving Mitzrayim, the Mitzvah of Kiddush HaChadosh, Mitzvah of Korban Pesach, the, 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 the different questions that are asked by the Arba Bonim, the Indian of fill in at the end of the parish there's so much more so the truth is we could really spend so much time on every single aspect but we I just want to point out two two different insights which I saw relating to um, the parsha, and we'll get chizik from it as usual and add on some stories to uh, develop those themes as well HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells to, tells to Klai Yisrael uh, um, 
he tells Kla Yisrael that before the final Makkah, I want you, to, I beg you to tell in the ears of the nation, each person should uh, borrow from their friend and from their neighbor, the simple understanding is that Klai Yisrael had seen in the Makas Chajich the, um, uh, the different uh, treasures that were in the Egyptian houses, and uh, they were told that they should go and borrow from them the Klai Kesef, the Klai Zav, and then uh, uh, the Makkah will be brought, and it says that Vayitan Hashem Eschein Oam Be'inim Mitzrayim, and uh, the Egyptians, they've looked at the Jews favorably now, at this point they wanted to get rid of them, and they uh, actually gave them all of these things. Uh, I saw that Revolbi Zatzal writes that he explains the Pshat and the Pasuk based upon the way he understands the Hamik Dover, the Nitziv, that first what was needed was is that there should be borrowing between the Jewish people and their friends. The Ishmeis Re'eyu. Re'eyu is not the Shachin. Re'eyu is a Ben Yisrael. And Ishmeis Re'usa that when a Jew lends to another Jew, when a Jew does a good deed, that spreads out into the world and it creates an environment of togetherness, of achtus, of chesed. And then the Egyptians were affected by that as well. That's an interesting insight. But we know that Rashi says, Because Mocha was begging, almost begging, he said, please, I beg of you, Please warn them they should make sure to take out the clay kesef and clay zov. Why? So Rashi says a fantastic thing. In order that the tzaddik Avram shouldn't say, oh, you com- you fulfilled the mitzvah of avodim ve'inum osom, you said previously in Bereshus that we're going to be subjugated to the mitzriyim, that you were makayim, and then you said you're going to what? To give them great, great property, but maybe Lokiambem, you didn't fulfill that. So Kurdish Baruch says, I want you to in, I want you to make sure that Jewish people are able to, are going to be able to go out with all of the treasures of Mitzrayim in order to fulfill the second part of my Haftacha. And not only is there going to be great subjugation, there's also going to be great reward. Um I saw Gavaldika Maisa from the Klaizabagi Rebbe, which We'll first say the Maisa, and then we'll say over the questions on this Rashi. Closing by Rebbe, we know, went through the Holocaust, he went through the trials and tribulations and the difficulties, trials and tribulations. He went through the seven Madurigadim of Auschwitz, the labor camps. You read the book about the about the Closing Rebbe, Mamish, it being beaten, and everything that all the other, all the other Yidden, the Kedoshim that went through, and he was from the few survivors. And at one point, when in the midst of all of the difficulties, there was a a friar Jew, a Jew who wasn't religious, he said to the Rebbe, he was also in the camps, and he said, Rebbe, you, I understand that, you know, in the end of the day, if you're going to die here, like all the other Jews, you're going to go up to the world, to the to Olam Haba, you're going to get a lot of reward because you keep kashris and you keep Shabbos, you've kept it your whole life. But I myself, I'm an assimilated Jew. I don't keep, I didn't keep anything, I don't know anything. So all the suffering that I have is only, only almost going to be for naught, because I'm going to get up 
to the Bezim Shomala, and because of all the things that I didn't do properly, I'm not going to get reward in the world to come. The Rebbe said, <coughs> I want to tell you something. And he mentioned him, I want to show you the insight from this Rashi. Over here the Pasuk says that HaKadosh uh, Baruch said, oh, I don't want that the Tzaddik should say to me, you fulfilled the first part, which is the Avodah, and you didn't fulfill the second part, which is going to be the reward. Number one is, why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu based his whole giving of the of the second part, which is the 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 kesef neklezov, all of the wonderful things that they're going to get at the end. Why does he base it upon Avram Avinu's taina? Avram Avinu's taina. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is mekayim his words, so he should have been mekayim his words that he's going to fulfill the mitzvah achrikein yetsu bechus gadol on his own. That's a question on Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The second question is why is it that Avram Avinu has to say the reason why you should make sure. Yidden to take out the Rechush is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, oh, I'm going to to subject subject you and then you're going to go out Rechush Gadol. What does one have to do with the next? He should have said, oh, the Tzaddik shouldn't be able to say that you're not going to fulfill the mitzvah of Achari Kain Yetzu Rechush Gadol. Similar question to the first question, just pointing it to Avram Avinu. Zuck the Kleisenberger Rebbe to the Heleke Yid. He says, hey, I want you to know something. That the promise that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to us, that we're going to go into Mitzrayim, was, Ulazaracha, to your children, that your children are going to go into Mitzrayim. And this Pshat and Zaracha, you might understand Zaracha means someone that keeps the ways of Hashem, someone that follows in the precepts and, and the concepts of the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's considered the, the Zerah of Avram Avinu. And therefore, it could be that people would say, people that don't keep the mitzvahs, they're not considered the Zerah. Ah, so the Midas Hadin comes along. The Midas Hadin had this Taina. Had this Taina. This is not Zerah. There's so many people who aren't keeping the mitzvahs. They don't deserve to get the Rechush Gadol. So over here, Avram Avinu had a Taina against the Midas Hadin. And he said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Midas Hadin, the Midas Hadin, which is that the Yidin are going to get the Avoda, that you considered every single Jewish person that was born from a Jewish mother to be considered a Yid. They were part of the, of the subjugation, of the horrors of the Holocaust, of all of the different pogroms that Klai Yisrael goes through, that they fulfilled. They were considered Zarecha. If they were fulfilled in that, then they also have to be considered part of the promise of Achrei Ken Yetzir B'chush Gadol. So therefore, that's the reason why they're intertwined. When we see that we are part, a Jew is part of the of the, the Yerusha, unfortunately, that being part of the Yerusha means that you have to go through the subjugations of being a Jew, then you should know in the end of the day there's going to be a tremendous amount of reward and a Yid should know that if he suffered as a Jew, even if he doesn't keep all the mitzvahs, but that in itself is the greatest Kiddush Hashem, that a Jew died because he was a Jew, and he's considered put into the Mechitza of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's all part of the Achrei Kein Yetzir B'chush Gadol. I think there's a tremendous lesson in the times that we're living in, that we have to know when we, when we, when we stand together and we say no matter what, there could be there a Yidin that they weren't brought up with the association of Torah and mitzvahs. 
But if they at least associate with the fact that they're Jews and they're part of the Jewish nation and they share the common suffering of the Jewish nation, and if they end up being Moshe Nefesh and they, they end up die, dying up Yikiddush Hashem, then they're considered great, great members of Klai, so they have a great portion in the world to come. And therefore, they're going to get the Achrei Ken Yetzir B'chush Gadol. And I think this is a, a, a lesson that we should we should really understand. I saw Misa of a Yid that passed away this week. His name was Reb Menachem Rosenberg, or Reb Mendy Rosenberg. He was a, a wonderful Yid that lived here in Eretz Yisrael, lived in Bnei Brak. He was the Rav of one of the Kupat Cholim, the Kupat Cholim Aklalit. And uh, he was a Talmud Chacham, a person that learned, but a person that worked. And he himself was the child of Holocaust survivors that came from Hungary. And these, his parents, when they moved to Eretz Yisrael after World War II, they were placed in Ramallah, which at that point wasn't, uh, not Ramallah, but Ramallah, which wasn't considered really a, 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 a um, place to be able to bring up kids. And eventually they sent their son to Bnei Brak, as a young boy, to learn in Panovich, and he was in the orphanage home because his parents were away, and it wasn't like today where you travel back and forth, even from Bnei Brak to Ramla. He would be there for months and months at a time, and he remembers he used to get letters from his parents, and it was a big thing when you got a letter from your parents. His parents would write very, very beautiful letters, and they would send him whatever they could send there on their meager salaries. They would send him a little bit of money to buy some extra food and everything, and he said one of the letters that he remembers very distinctly would tell over his children that they said, Mendy, we know that you're learning Torah and we're so happy you're learning Torah. And even though we miss you, but the fact that you're learning Torah and you're going to stay in Yeshiva and you're going to become a Talmud Chacham is really our greatest aspiration. And he said that he felt their warmth. He felt their their their, their caress, so to speak. This is all part of a, of a, of a concept on every single level that a, a Yid is... Moser Nefesh, for being a Yid, then he receives great reward at the end. There's another Pusik we want to mention, and the Pusik says, um, when we have the mitzvah of Korban Pesach, so the Pusik says like this, it's Perk Yudbeis, Pusik Chavches. And the Pusik says, Chav Zayin says, V'amartem zevech Pesach hula Hashem, you're going to say this is a Korban Pesach, passed over the houses of the Jewish people in Mitzrayim, when he gave the Negev to the Egyptians, and our houses were saved, they said they bowed down, and on the Besura of the Gula, and the Besaretz, and the Besura's Habanim, and then the Pesachim says, Kenasu. They went and they did the way HaKadosh Baruch commanded Moshe and Aaron. And Rashi points out a few interesting things. He says, So he asked the question, Did they already do this? This mitzvah was given to them on Rosh Chodesh. And this wasn't done until the 15th. So we see from over here a great, great lesson. Once they accepted upon themselves, to fulfill the mitzvah, it's as if they actually did the mitzvah. Lesson number one is, when a person accepts upon himself to do a mitzvah, or any maizatayv, if he really takes upon himself to do it, that's considered as, as if he actually did it. 
The second thing Rashi says is Vayelch Vayasu Af Halicha Manakosuf. Also, the the going, the Torah describes. Why does the Torah describe that? Litain Schar Lahalicha Vischar Lasiyah to show us that one gets reward for the going, and a person gets reward for the doing. Person might have thought, well, if I fulfill the mitzvah, then I'll get reward. But if I don't fulfill the mitzvah, if I just went to do the mitzvah and somehow I wasn't able to do it, I won't be able to, I won't get reward. No, we get reward even for what? For just the going. This is a tremendous lesson. The lesson is, Rabbi Isai, every single step that we take to do a good deed, that all goes in to the pot, so to speak, of what HaKadosh Baruch is going to give us reward for. The halicha is considered like a like the asiyah. See two great lessons. Number one is when we accept upon ourselves to do mitzvahs, that in itself is considered like the asiyah, if we really, really want to do it. And at the same time, a person will get reward for every single aspect, every single step. In fact, even so, a shayla, the person said, well, if that's the case, and maybe when I'm walking to shul, instead of taking big steps, I should take long, short steps, and therefore I'll get more reward for walking to Shulk, I take, took more steps. And someone answered, no, because you get reward for going bizrizus. So therefore, the quicker you go, the better it is. So, so, but, the, but the main thing is we see that the going itself is considered another aspect of what reward we'll get. Famous Misa with the Vilna Gon and his Rabbitson, that they say that they made a pact that when the one of them would be nifty, the other one would come to them from the Bezun Shomala would tell them a little bit about what kind of portion they received. They say that the Rebetzin of the Vilna Gain, she passed away first, and she uh, came back to the Vilna Gain, and she said to him, ah, you can't imagine the reward that a person gets for every single mice that a person does. And she said over that she and her friend used to go, Kibbutz Mice was not with the Vilna Gain himself, with the Vilna Gain's wife and the Vilna Gain's wife's friend. She had a, a, a lady friend that they would go together, and they would collect money to give out to the poor people in Vilna. So the Vilna Gun's wife said to her friend, you should know that when we went, you remember there was a lady across the street and one of us, I think she said herself, she ran across the street and she stretched out her hand to give to that person the food or the money that was needed for Shabbos. For that stretching out of the hand, that extra effort that was put in, you can't imagine the reward that a person gets. Rabbi Sai, as we go through these weeks, and we get closer to the Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Bay, and as we said, there'll be a second part to this to this uh, podcast. We wish and we pray that there should be Besurus Tevis, Shiyeh Besurus Tevis for Klai Yisrael. Everyone should be healthy. Everyone should be wealthy, wealthy in the uh, concept of what the Torah says, the wealth that we get when we do the Torah and the mitzvahs. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. We should be zorcha to the Gulish Lema. I'm here of Yemen, Amen. Erev Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Bay Tavshin Pei Aleph. We're holding uh, this week's Shabbos is going to bring us into the week of um, Tu B'Shvat. It's hard to believe that it's been a year that we've been handling what we've been handling as best as we can. But Tu B'Shvat is a Chag Lilanos. It's a Yontif, and even though it's not a Yontif, that we celebrate it like a regular yantif, but we see we don't say tachanun. It's a yantif for the for the dinim of the meiser. So 
This Shabbos, there's an element of a yontif that's coming into the world, and we hope and we pray it should be mevaser toiv, as we've said last week, Shvat is sheyeh besuris toivus. We want to try to learn out a little bit of lessons of the... Um, so we want to try to learn out lessons and chizuk and maybe some stories as we try to do to draw inspiration and for able to, for, for us to be able to have not only a good Shabbos, but Mitzvah Hashem, a good week ahead of us. So the Pasuk begins, the Torah begins, the Pasuk begins, Moshe Rabbeinu was commanded by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe, you should go to Pairo, because <clears throat> I made his heart, I hardened his heart, and the hearts of his servants, why? In order that I will place my Isis, the Maipsim, the tremendous miracles that are going to take place in their midst. And in order that we should expand, expound upon this and to teach our children and our grandchildren, that that I made fun of Mitzrayim. And there's an Indian of expounding on it. I saw that, that uh, Rav Sturmach writes that in the Leil Seder, a person should try his utmost not only to speak about the 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 Marcus, but to do it in a way in a mocking fashion, in a mocking fashion against Klal Yisrael. It could be that's the rem is why we know that there's the famous uh, song that little children sing here in Eretz Yisrael and it's become popular throughout the world. Pyro be pajama b'emtza laila. Pyro be pajama b'emtza laila. Pyro's in pajamas in the middle of the night, running around trying to find Moshe Rabbeinu, even though he warned them the next time he sees him, he's going to kill him. But now he needs Moshe Rabbeinu. So we see this Indian of the mocking aspect of it. And this is something that we have to learn, that we we should take a look and see that the, the tzad hara, the tzad of evil, is something that we really not only should stay away from, but we should mock it. We should recognize that it really has no value. On the other hand, the tzad hatoiv is always something that we should admire and we should try our utmost to to speak about it in a lofty fashion. And what lessons can we learn from Pyro? Yes, in Zoom Shmuz, we learned we, we spoke about certain lessons that we could learn. This today we're going to take a little bit of a different tact. It's interesting. We know that Pyro's heart was hardened. And they all asked the question, what happens with Bakira Khafshis? What happens with free choice? So they answer that in the beginning, HaKadosh Baruch allowed Pyro to make his own decisions. But since he hardened his heart on his own, so we, we see that the derech, she'adam rotzelelech, the way a person wants to go, HaKadosh Baruch Hu If you want to harden your heart, then HaKadosh Baruch will actually give you your wish, so to speak. And then afterwards, even when Pyro wants to change his position, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no, you really wanted to harden your heart. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu hardens his heart. And as we said last night, for sure, if Pyro really wanted to change, he could change. But it was so difficult for him to change because he p- placed himself into a position that he denied himself his relationship with the Rabbani Shalom. And therefore his heart was hardened and he couldn't see that really everything that was happening was really a makif from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he remained in this position. Now we know that the Midah of Tova, the good side, always outweighs the bad side a thousandfold. It says, Meruba, Midah, Tova, Midah, Peronis, Hafilo, Elef, Pamim, even a thousand times. 
So what we can learn out from here is that if we see that the Rabbanishim hardened the hearts of the Rishayim when they go in the evil ways, but if a person really wants to go in the good ways, and a person has a Ratzim to do Tov, Habalatai, no, no matter how hard it is, but it's Shaykh for a person to always change, all a person has to have is a Ratzim Tov to change. And HaKadosh Baruch will help him. And that's the lesson that we have to learn. We have to learn that no matter how difficult it is, if a person really wants, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Messiah. We find it, this theme throughout not only this parsha, but we find it also in different parshias. A remez that I saw brought down in the Sefer is that in the middle of Az Yashir, we say that Pyro was running after Klal Yisrael, and it says, Pyro said, Omar Oyev, the enemy said, Erdov Asig Achalik Shalom. I will run, I will reach, and I will, I will, I will split up the spoils of the Jewish people. Pyro himself was running after in order to bring Klai Yisrael down, and this is teaching us an amazing thing. It says the language of Erdov Omar Oyev Erdov Asig Achalom, which all begins with the letter Aleph. It's called the Chamesh Alfin. The five alphin. Aleph is, is, is an aleph. What does an aleph mean? An aleph means a beginning. That means that Paro, even though he was hit and even though he was smitten by Marcus, but he always tried to, to renew himself, so to speak, in the, the Tzad Hara, in the Tzad of evil. And that's Tipshat. It was already, he was hit once, twice, three times, four times, even five times he was hit. As we know, because the first five times were those times that he himself hardened his heart. Now we know there's a halacha that we go after chazaka, and there's a machlokas if chazaka is three times or chazaka is four times. So Pyra was hit, let's say the first four makas, and that already was a muad, and still every single time even the fifth time he decided that he himself will be Mechadish in Ra and he'll go against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He hardened his heart. And that caused that eventually the next five times HaKadosh Baruch Hu hardened his heart as, as well. Now an Aleph, if you spell out the letters Aleph, is the gematria of 111. And if you um, times it times five, it's 555. So five times Aleph is 555, which is the same gematria as the words Takona. Takona means to fix up, which means that Klal Yisrael, if we use this same method, no matter what, even if a person already has passed so many and so many times that he's fallen down, it's the Bechina of Omar Oyev Erdev Asig Achalot, the Yetzirah is trying to hit us, is giving Makis that we should try to do Averis, so to speak. But still, a person wants to begin again. He wants to begin a new, a, a new beginning, so to speak. So therefore, there's always a takana. La'olam, there's always a takana. And this is a remiss for us. No matter where we're holding, no matter how difficult it is, no matter what we think for, there's no way we can get out of whatever issues are going on in the tzad hara. If a person wants to do the tzad hatayv, a person can use the five alfin l'tayv. I can change my life around, and I can become a better person, become a new person. And this is hinted to 
in the words Boy El Paray. It says, come to Pyro. Everyone asks the question, when I say Boy El Paray, don't say Leich El Paray. The answer they give is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying the Tomei Rabbeinu, you shouldn't be Meyuyash, um, that you're going to Pyro time and time again, and it doesn't seem, seem like he's going to change his mind. No, Boy El Paray, we're going to go together. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always with the Yid. Boy El Paray. Paray is Bigmatria 355. Boy is Bigmatria 3 which combined is 358. That's the same gematria as the words Mashiach. When we take HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even into Paray, even into the Sahara, but we take HaKadosh Baruch Hu with us and we're not despondent. We're going to fight against Paray because we want to go in the right path. So then that's the aside of bringing Mashiach. We'll do the tshuva and therefore we'll be Zoycher Hashem that Mashiach shall come. This is also hinted to in the parasha. The parasha says, the first mitzvah of the Torah is HaChodesh HaZelachem. What's the Indian of the mitzvah HaChodesh HaZelachem? So the Indian is, is that Klai Yisrael is uh, comparable to the Levana. We're not like the, we're not like the, the Chama. The Umas HaOlam, they bow down to the Chama, where everything is set. The sun rises, the sun sets. The sun never really deviates from its pattern. Sometimes it might be a cloudy day, but Lamaisa, it's always, it's always in its same orbit. It doesn't change. It can't change, so to speak. The Levana doesn't have any light on its own. It's only getting a reflection from the, the sun. And we know the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu created it, that there are different times of the, of the month. There's the beginning of the month where it begins to rise up, and the middle of the month where it's full, where you can see a full reflection. And then by the end of the month, the sun wanes, the, the moon wanes, and it goes down and it's as if you can't see it. And that's Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael looks like sometimes that we're on the down, that we can't make it out. But then we rise up. The main reason is, is because we recognize everything we have is really coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, we always take HaKadosh Baruch Hu with us. We don't depend upon the regular. It's always what we can be mechadish. The Sephora says that the mitzvah of Kiddush HaKadosh is teaching us that until that point, Klai Yisrael, their months were not their own months. Their months were the months of the Mitzrayim, because they were subjected to such cruelties. But after the HaKadosh released them from the Kaychus Hara, HaKadosh commanded them the first mitzvah in the Torah, that you can be Mechadish. Klai Yisrael can be Mechadish. Klai Yisrael has the ability to what? To become a new. And this is a great lesson. No matter where we're holding in life, where we think that we're down and we're despondent, we can use the Kayach of Chiddush in order to become a different person. The Gemara says in Shabbos, famous Maisa of Rebelezer ben Arach, who was one of the greatest of the Tanoim, and he went to a certain country where they had a lot of Gashmias. It says it was the, 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 the place which was called Porgisa, and it had delicious wine, and it had delicious waters, and the way I describe it, it was like Miami Beach, Florida. And he became involved and engrossed in Gashmias. And because of that, Rebbe Lezabin Aruch, who was called the Mayan Hamasgaber, the overflowing well, forgot his, all of his Torah. And then he decided to come back. And one day he came back to the base Medrash and he opened up the Sefer Torah. And the first thing he opened to was the parish of Achodesh HaZalachem. And he started reading it. But HaKadosh Baruch made it that he shouldn't be able to read it properly. Instead of reading it, he changed the Dalit to the Resh. The, 
the, the Zion, he changed it into a Yud, and the Chaf, he changed it into Bez, and he read it, HaCheresh HaYolibam. Their hearts were stuffed. HaCheresh HaYolibam. Their starts were, their hearts were just, weren't able to speak. And this was a remez to Rebelezer ben Arach, who forgot his entire Torah, because he was involved with physicality and taivus. And what do we see from here? What we see from over here is, it says, the Gemara says, the Rabbonin, the ears for mercy, and Rebelezer ben Arach was able to come back, and again he became the great Rebelezer ben Arach again. No matter how far a person falls, it's possible, HaChodesh Elochem is the remez, that we can become anew. And this is a great lesson for us, as we go through this pan-epidemic, to recognize no matter how difficult it is, we have the ability to rise up to the occasion. We have the ability to mechadish. We have the ability to take the chamesh alfin and use it for taiv. We have the ability to make takonas, to fix ourselves up. And if we take HaKadosh Baruch Hu with us, we recognize everything is really a reflection from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then bayal pyro and we'll be able to bring Mashiach. I want to mention one other vart. In this week's parish, it speaks about by the uh, the Mac of the Bechayrus, it says, Ulechol B'nai Yisrael, it says, it says, the Klavim, the Klavim didn't bark. Yeah, let's get the Psukim over here. The Pasuk says, there was a Tzaka By the Jewish people, the, the dogs did not bark. This was a Havdolah by the by the enemies, the dogs were barking. When Klai Yisrael was leaving, the dogs were not barking. The, the Pasuk says later on in Shema, it's a very interesting halacha, that if there's a trefa, if an animal becomes a trefa, you should give it to who? To the dogs. Why? Rashi says, schar, because they kept quiet. They went against their nature, and they didn't bark when Klai Yisrael was leaving, so therefore they deserve to get, they deserve to get rewards. I saw an interesting story that uh, Rev Zilberstein brings down that a um, a border uh, a border kibbutz on the northern border of Israel. One day there was a like a crazy thing that happened. They had dogs there, guard dogs, and the dog saw a donkey coming towards the uh, towards the the gate towards the fence. And he ran after the the, the 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 donkey, and he bit it, and he killed it. This dog got killed. It. So it was like a very strange thing that the dog would go and bite chamor and kill it. So when they went to investigate, they found that this chamor was laden with explosives. That the the terrorists had tried to do something to put explosives on the donkey and send it into the yeshuv and try to blow up and to create damage and havoc and chas v'shalom could have caused tremendous, tremendous deaths as well. And this dog, this dog saved the day. So it seems the shy that was, this, this was, this question was brought to Zilberstein, and Zilberstein said, oh, you want to give him a reward? What you do? Don't give him just a commendation. Give him the trefa, give him the, 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 the carcass of the donkey, because it says, when there's a trefa, and that's what they did, they gave this reward to this, uh, to this dog. And the, the, the people were like bewildered, like this is what you're supposed to do. So he said, there's an interesting Yushalmi. The Yushalmi says, 
uh, that there was a rav that came to a certain shtat, and they were makabal upon him, and at the kabbalas upon him, they sat him down, and next to him was a dog. So the rav said, what's going on over here? You're giving me a kabbalas upon him, you're putting me next to a dog? This is a Yushalmi. So the people said, no, this dog is a special dog. Because there was a certain kidnapper that came to the town. He tried to kidnap one of the wives of the members of the community. And this dog ran after him and he bit him and he stopped him from kidnapping him. And therefore, we want to give him covet. Over there, I guess, I don't know, for some reason, they didn't give him the, 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 the carcass of the animal, of, of, the, of the human being. That maybe they don't give, maybe they want to give him the carcass of animals. But they decided that they have to show Hakarasatov. Rabbi said, so we see an amazing, amazing lesson from this. We see that, that the Torah goes so far out of its way to show a Satov to every single Bria, that when a Bria does a Dabratov, like the Klovim, the Klovim, the dogs that didn't bark, we give them reward. And we see that from episodes, we see them from Isis. Kol Shekein Kol Shekein. When it comes to human beings, human beings that have done great things for the Jewish people, they themselves have to be commended. And for sure, there's a tremendous difference between a human being and an animal. We see that concept of Satov. I saw an unbelievable thing in the paper today, that there were two people that were in the news this past week. One of them, a week ago, passed away. His name was Sheldon Adelson. He was one of the wealthiest Jewish people living in the United States of America, a very great supporter of Israel. And he passed away, and he was buried last Arab Shabbos on Har Menuchas, if I'm not mistaken. Either Har Menuchas or Har Azazim. And there's a picture that's going around of the Hebrew Kaddisha from Yidin from the Hebrew Kaddisha bearing him literally before Shabbos. It was raining last week. But it's a very interesting thing. It seems his name was either Shlomo Gershon. They said his name. And he was not a religious Jew. But he was very, very supportive of many, many Jewish causes. Very, very supportive of the state of Israel. One of the causes that he was in support of was the birthright program. We know anything about the birthright program. We know that there are literally thousands and thousands of, of, of Jews that were, did not have religious backgrounds, that were given an opportunity to come to Israel on trips, and many of them ended up becoming more Jewish. For sure, they ended up marrying Jews, and many of them even became religious, all from the birthright, the birthright organization. And one of the great supporters was Shelton Adelson. There's no question that he's going to get tremendous reward for all of the good things that he did. And in the same fashion, I'm going to say something which I hope everyone will understand. The previous president of the United States of America was Donald J. J. Trump. And there's no question that a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about him. But there's no way that we can deny that Donald Trump was a friend of Jews and a friend of Israel. What he did for the state of Israel, what he did for Jews throughout the world, is something that he will get tremendous reward for. And I know on the last day he pardoned people, and some of them were religious Jews that committed white-collar crimes. One of them was supposed to be in jail for over 800 years. It was like the largest amount of time. He already had been, I think, close to 20 years already in jail, and he had remorse. And Donald J. Trump was the one that let him go free. Rabbi Sai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is not mekapech schar kol berya. The Rabbi Nishlam pays back in full for every good deed that we do. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will pay back in kind. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. 
a wonderful week. We should be Zaycha Mitzvah We should hear that Mashiach should come. There should be Yeshua's and Rafu's for everyone in Kleisville, wishing everyone a good shot. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.